Hi, I'm Orla Medinas. And I'm Ricardo Dicas. <laughs> You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. <laughs> and this is the Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other is not seen. We watch it and then we meet to discuss it. This week's film is Galaga from 1997. Directed by Andrew Nichol. Produced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love when there are surprises. <laughs> Michael Schamberg, Stacey Scher... And Gail Lyon, written by Andrew Nichol, starring Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, Alan Arkin, Jude Law, Lauren Dean and Ernest Borgang. Music by Michael Nyman, cinematography by Slawomir Idziak, edited by Lisa zeno Shurgan. <laughs> Celebration <laughs> Fuck you, hard names are hard. And the synopsis is... Vincent Freeman has always fantasized about traveling into outer space, but is grounded by his status as a genetically inferior invalid. He decides to fight his fate by purchasing the genes of Jerome Morrow, a laboratory-engineered valid. He assumes Jerome's DNA identity and joins the Gattaca space program, where he falls in love with Irene. An investigation into the death of a Gattaca officer, Gore Vidal, complicates Vincent's plan. Well, that's incorrect. It's not Gore Vidal that gets killed. No. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, what? Yeah, Gore Vidal's the investigator. No, Gore no. Vidal is the, the, the oh, no, guy he's... that runs the program that actually is the murderer in the end. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's like the opposite of him dying. Oh, no, Alan Arkin's the investigator. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, young Alan Arkin. Weird. Uh, well, youngish. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, he, he's wearing a very good hat. Uh, this week's film was picked by Ricardo. It was Ricardo, indeed. Why did you pick this 90s sci-fi thriller film i thought that like we hadn't done something like this before like a proper hollywood kind of idea film like mid-budget movies that don't get made anymore yeah and it's like it's an interesting film as well uh in the way that it has been reappraised in like last few years uh, the it didn't make that many ways when it came out it was like well reviewed mm. but it was kind of a flop wasn't it Maybe yeah it was a yeah. massive flop but at the same time like the people that watched it liked it but then it became almost forgotten as well like there's yeah. no like i watched it as well as like kind of an experiment that i wasn't gonna back away either way it's a movie that i hadn't seen since the early 2000s and i just remembered liking it a lot yeah but Ooh, again is that you don't know if the film has aged or the like you thought that you remember one thing and then it's yeah. another like i i nearly did that with dead presidents that i remember it being a very good movie and then i was gonna pick it <laughs> and i started watching it and i was like oh the first half hour i was like oh yeah i remember why this is good and then like the <laughs> wheels come off <laughs> quite <laughs> rapidly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had you only seen it once uh, I've seen it a couple times uh, okay. in Uruguay, like because when I oh. lived in Uruguay, there was like HBO and Cinemax. And, in Spanish? Like, uh, no, it would have been subtitled. Ah. Like in HBO, was subtitled over there, like uh, Cine Canal was, uh, and <laughs> Fox was like fucking. I remember watching like Chain Reactions uh, dubbed, <laughs> like, uh, and they would get like somebody that sounded as like surfer dude in Spanish for Keanu Reeves, <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> and trying to match like Morgan Freeman, but in Spanish, it's like <laughs> very strange uh, memories. 
uh yeah but i think it's a movie about ideas as well the it's not like a perfect movie especially on a on a rewatch but i still found it very interesting and also riveting in a way that like i remember it being yeah like the the way that it, like any great uh, genre piece that it's using like two or three genres really to tell its story that it's like really a, like a murder investigation thriller yeah, yeah. as well as a sci-fi film so it doesn't bash you over the head with its ideas. Mm. The it's just you know it's like good Philip K. Dick adaptations and such usually uh, would have that even something like Blade Runner that is more mm. like a film noir. Yeah, like the tech the... is kind of taking a back seat to yeah. like the Flash and the tech is all. And even of... the wor- I think it's a world that is very well created, as in not only. Uh, by good production design is mm. also like when you're watching the movie you're within that world you're not like thinking oh that world is different you're kind of like um you're following the 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 rules of the world in your own mind when you're like oh come on this couldn't happen or i hope this doesn't happen to the character etc you're mm. not um there's no the, the separation between plot and the world and the audience is not there because I, I find it very riveting and like uh, I like the uh, like most things about the movie I like Ethan Hawke I like Jula uh, I even like his relationship with Uma Thurman who like in a way is a little bit underdeveloped but mm. but at the same time I think that she's given just about enough for her character to be interesting as well but it's Uma Thurman as well. Yeah. She just about carries it. And as well, it's like 90s Uma Thurman. It's like before my super ex-girlfriend <laughs> Uma Thurman mode. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, like I thought that would be... What was the thing in... with Jeffrey Dean Morgan? What was that romantic comedy she was in? It was so weird. He's like a fireman. Oh, I, I don't know. Like, I really want to watch it's, it now, though. Because... Oh, oh, it has one of the creepiest ending scenes. <laughs> but that's, you know, for another for another episode. And as well, like, any movie that has fucking Gore Vidal in the cast must be interesting. <laughs> like... And Alan Arkin, to be fair. Yeah, Alan Arkin I do is love great. him. And, uh, yeah, uh, and I thought that would be, like, a lot to talk about. It's, it's weird, like, it's Andrew Nichols' first movie. Like, he had mm. a weird career. Like, considering that this, like, he got the break because he wrote the script and it was, like, one of those scripts that made waves on Hollywood. And then him ending up directing fucking uh, Chronicles of Narnia and such. Yeah, like... Because um, I didn't really know the name and I looked him up then and I was like, oh, weird. <laughs> it was a very yeah. strange, but, you know, kind of very Hollywood, just mixed career, I suppose. Um, I wonder, like, what effect this flopping had on his career, you know? Yeah, probably mm. uh, he became kind of a journeyman almost because even mm. with Chronicles of Narnia, like in the making house or whatever, if you see the difference between Peter Jackson's, uh, like, affinity to the... Like the source material and, of Lord of yeah. the Rings. It's more like the it wasn't his passion project mm. either. It was kind of like hire, like a gun for hire almost. Yeah. Like obviously he says the all the right things during interviews and shit. Oh, oh of course. I love it or whatever. But you can tell like in his yeah. eyes the like, there's he's not that he's signs. not that yeah. director. You know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, what did you think of the movie? Um, I think you're you're right about um, 
it uh it's interesting watching um a film where it is that kind of mid-budget um film and as well because it is a sci-fi and I, I find something really like enjoyable about, about watching something that not necessarily just sci-fi but that is an original idea yeah that it's not even based on a philip k dick book or whatever and obviously like this he didn't you know it's not that original obviously like the idea behind this the theme of it has been explored in multiple you know books films tv shows etc but um i always find that really enjoyable to watch something that it doesn't have a sequel it's not from a book it's not from a comic book it's just an original idea you know in something like ex machina or whatever yeah. where it's just a single thing that stands alone self-contained and, uh... yeah and there's something really enjoyable about that and uh um as well like you're very you're definitely right about the world creation in this and Obviously, art department is really, really important um, because pretty much from the opening scene, like it has this just absolutely fascinating, like 1950s kind of 60s style. And it's 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 got a very good use of like architecture and um, the kind of like the Frank Lloyd Wright um, settings and everything like this weird kind of like modernist idea. And it's like I find it very interesting where when you kind of um, have like a a sort of a futurist movie is always tied to when it is created. And this is yeah. almost like the 50s seen through the 90s. Like even in the idea of like the space program and the obsession with the space program and going to space and how like that wasn't, that wasn't really a very big deal in the 90s even, you know, especially yeah. not now, but not even in the 90s. So obviously like there are in the 90s, we had our fair share of like kind of space movies, but um uh, so I find that quite interesting and I think like it, it does create a very very believable world and um, but <laughs> that said um, I think watching this like anywhere near Children of Men may have been a mistake um, yeah. because Children of Men is such a triumph um, however interesting I found this I, I no, it's not even that I was making direct comparisons but I feel like he went in making Children of Men really had the strength of his convictions in that film. And he went as dark as he wanted to. Yeah. He was as cynical as he wanted to, but also as hopeful as he wanted to be. Like he really didn't pull any punches with that film. And I like, to be honest, the strongest feeling I had when I was watching this was like, eh. you know, like, yeah, yeah like, you know the, the the world is amazing it's very well shot like some of the performances are quite good um but the, like there there were just a, there were one t- or two too many things in this that i just they just washed over me and i yeah i just didn't care and an awful lot a lot of that was in like certain plot threads and also certain relationships so like fun like, like firstly like the his past like the flashbacks with his family his relationship with his brother it uh, i don't it, it felt it, it was just unsubtle it it didn't really it uh, it didn't really hit like hit me at all you know and it was interesting even like to a certain extent in the comparison between that and then his ultimate relationship with jude law and yeah. the kind of like the brother a weird um, element that they have but I'll get to that in a minute because um, I do think that Jude Law is the best thing in this film but um, 
uh, yeah, the the detective story didn't care about that either, yeah. um, which was really disappointing because everything you were saying about like it's it's a genre piece of a multiple genre piece and but it, it's not fully the detective story. Yeah, it's not full. You know, it. I don't feel like it's really combining all these elements wholly successfully, which is quite disappointing because when I saw the whole Alan Arkin thing in the, in the the investigation and everything, I was like, oh, wow, you know, this is great. It's like, it's like, you know, 50s noir, but it's, and but it, none of it really rang true. Yeah. And that, that felt, I felt like the detective element of it sort of, um, it, it, it went too far down the, the kind of noir road and it didn't quite link up with the other elements of it, which I find really disappointing because on paper, those things are so great. Yeah. And being able to like successfully combine them is really interesting. Um, the third like um, relationship then that I didn't uh, really believe or, or care about was Uma Thurman. And I think it's it's a, for a whole combination of, of reasons, I think. Um, I think... <sighs> She is, she's fine. Like, I like Uma Thurman. I think she gives a, a fine performance, but she's not really given very much to do. And I don't really buy her and Ethan Hawke, strangely. I don't think they have chemistry. And that's quite disappointing because I really like Ethan Hawke, but yeah. I don't really, didn't really... Didn't set the screen on fire, let's not, say. Not in, in this. And if I found it really disappointing because I was like, I really like Ethan Hawke. I really like 90s Ethan Hawke as well. Like, yeah. when you think of all the movies that he's done around this, and even really bad movies Ethan Hawke's been in, like, like something like um, Sinister or something, you know, he's there in the cardigans. You know, I love Ethan Hawke. And, uh, like, not just in Linklater movies. But, um, yeah, so every scene where they were together, like, like there's this amazing looking, looking sequence where they're out and there it's kind of like a kind of a um I don't know if it's a roof or it's that sort of like strange like within that kind of modernist architecture but you're not quite sure where you are yeah and it's almost like a it's almost like an open square and they have this conversation where you're kind of getting backstory to her and like her uh feelings of inadequacy and everything and that it should have been this incredible scene and it fell so flat because there was just nothing coming off of them yeah and well i thought that there was some purpose in a way especially on the second watch because they they have to be so cold especially like yeah uh, but it's it almost wasn't it wasn't cold enough okay you know what i mean it's like i feel like this and there are a lot of thing elements that i think caused this uh one of them to be honest um is the score where it felt like one movie like something kind of like Spielbergian almost. Yeah. Although I don't like using Spielberg as because that's that's not a, that's not a criticism, but then kind of with a packaging of something a bit more um, cold or yeah. like something not even not like Kubrick almost Kubrickian like something even more say like not like something more not okay like Terry Gilliam say where yeah. there's warmth but there's also like incredible darkness and and i feel like it it felt like something wrapped in something else rather than a blend of all those things and i think like you can make this film you know what i mean you, that that i'm trying to think of examples now of that um 
I think probably Philip K. Dick adaptations, the successful ones, are, are probably you say something like even something like um, the Adjustment Bureau or something. Yeah, like I think that's a good comparison because it has a similar kind of you know like with the the sci fi elements, but then at the same time a thorough through relationship that you completely believe in because the two characters are quite quite well drawn and yeah. then also just you know radiating chemistry so you completely believe in them and Matt Damon I, oh, I love Emily or eh, I love Emily Blunt so much but uh, I was going to call her Emma Blunt and I was like no that's not right uh, I, I love her Let's like and blunt. to be fair she has chemistry with just about everyone yeah. but it's not like Uma Thurman doesn't or Ethan Hawke doesn't I just don't think they have it together yeah. and you can understand why they're in this film because it's the 90s and they are those actors you know but it just yeah sometimes it just doesn't doesn't work and um, yeah, so one of the things that really kind of const- kept even in, in moments that were more um, that were dark or darker or like it, it kept getting dragged back to the other side of it with the score, which I really like the score in this. Movie. I like the score in another movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it just for me it didn't work in this because yeah. it was touching other things, and I, I, I just. I would have loved to have seen this film with a score that was more don't say sci-fi? I don't know. I'd... Bring the synths out. Uh, not even well, und, maybe und, yeah. Und fucking Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, Daft Punk. Um yeah, it, it... Well like I do admit that I would like like something <laughs> like a tangerine dream soundtrack. <laughs> but then again yeah. ev- every movie would be better with a tangerine dream soundtrack. I, I do agree. Um, <laughs> like literally <laughs> any movie. dream. Like imagine Jurassic Park with a tangerine dream or oh something. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. And I love the soundtrack for Jurassic Park. I think that this movie has one of the uh, least common flaws in filmmaking. Mm. It is about 20 minutes too short. Like, it, it doesn't feel like even over-edited. It feels underwritten. Yeah. As in, yeah. The, like, if you have, like, another 20 minutes, you can develop the... Because the, the, the ending relation. with the brother is a yeah. disaster. I, I really like the scene in itself. It's that like there's the no swimming, enough... The swimming element of it is interesting, but he's just there, and then they're swimming, and then he's, like, it's... It doesn't wrap it up at all. Yeah. It's it's. Oh, those fucking weeds when they swim. I'm like, I I know. Yeah, fuck that it's shit. Creepy. It's like, I, cause I'm looking at. It, I'm like, oh, they're gonna go. Like, they're gonna go so like, I was like, you can't get into that creepy water. Like, what are you doing? But like, even like the overhead shots that they're swimming through, like fucking algae. Like, it's one of my fears. Is like <laughs> that it's gonna trap you. Yeah. No, because that, that happened to no uh, swimming at Lunsford a, for a you. kid in Uruguay when I was living there, like oh, uh, in the in the lake the it'll have like the the grass coming in swimming in lakes as we are done yeah. in like swimming in lakes but not um, enough salt but uh, like i said the the, the last if, if the movie had an extra 20 minutes to play around with mm. like to m- add like four minutes or five minutes more to the investigation so like you actually have more detective work yeah uh, and more time for the very young dean norris uh <laughs> so weird showing up uh and then also like more time with Uma Thurman's character. Mm. I think that it, like I don't think that it is an issue with their chemistry. I think that the, the issue in their relationship that I did point towards in the in my opening segments is that I think that she doesn't have enough time because the coldness is on purpose. So mm. It just goes from uh, we kind of 
like there's feelings there but we're so used to have them hidden repressed to oh yeah i trust you no matter what uh whatever it's yeah, like it doesn't... and it's the same with the brother that it's just like oh yeah um your brother uh that's yeah. it it's like vincent I, I, by the way i absolutely love the the reason that i love the score and i love the voiceover and i really really enjoyed watching this movie again that i had forgotten or probably more likely didn't realize on my first watch when i was young how cheesy this movie is <laughs> And I really? absolutely <laughs> love how cheesy it is. Even like when fucking Jula goes into the oven. Like, oh, see, can... that isn't given enough time either. And it's like, it, that, I think actually the ending there, like that might possibly be the best sort of um, example of the two things not working yeah. at all. Because it's like triumphant going to space, burning yourself in the oven. It's like, but neither thing is given any time. So it's just like, what? And then it's like so cheesy as well that like, he puts the silver metal that like he, he get. but because the so fire is golden it looks like a gold yeah. medal good, good old Jerome got his gold medal in the, the end, end. why he burned to death oh god um yeah I do I do want to talk about about Jude Law though um like it's funny um oh, we, we were watching the holiday the other day and uh, you know, like just looking at Jude Law and like the man who is his charm and everything. And uh, I was actually watching Anna Karenina the other night as well. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he is an actor that started off in and did an awful lot. He did like the Alfie remake and a lot of very like trashy kind of romantic comedies and stuff. But he is an actor that does do some very interesting things. What was and the this movie is... that he was in that it was like a fucking submarine kind of chase movie he has like a welsh accent on it oh or isn't there a few people in that that have like wandering accents yeah i think jamie bell like oh, yeah jamie <laughs> bell reel it in um <laughs> oi i'm oilish <laughs> oh my god so bad uh yeah that's what my only my only personality trait is like having this bad accent um yeah no there's definitely there's there's definitely more than one actor in that what was that called it was like I keep Blue getting com- something cold, something steel, something. Um, like I keep getting iron, confused with um, like deep, deep water horizon, and I know that that's not <laughs> it. Like obviously, but it's something like that though, where shit goes, shit goes wrong on a submarine. It looks like a fucking Welsh remake of the the Abyss. Like <laughs> the Abyss. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> the Abyss. Uh, uh, yeah, I do like the angel line this movie. Like, he's just he he has I think he's he's in the movie I wanted this to be. You know what I mean? Where he he just has that right level of sarcasm and and like nihilism, and he's just but he still has the Jude Law kind of charm to him as well. And all their scenes together, like where their relationship is developing and everything, and they're you know they're they're kind of like weird sort of married couple thing almost. Yeah. Whenever like he's going to work and he's there and he's there in his mad laboratory and everything and give him blood and piss. Like... I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god! The scene where he's like he opens the fridge, and he's like, "It's enough to last you for years." Like, where are you going? I'm going on a journey too. <laughs> or when the fucking oh yeah, I'm going to. It's a different sky, uh, but also when he drinks and like contaminated the fucking thing, it's like, well, last Wednesday it was probably okay. Like, like uh, Jilla is great, and uh, like, and uh, I think that like uh, some of his scene, like the scene when uh, 
the detectives come in to check him out. Yeah. The he has to climb the stairs. Yeah. And then like be absolutely like cool about it, and then uh, freaking trying to like taking the piss out of Uma Thurman, <laughs> getting her to kiss him. Mm. Like uh, I think that's probably the best scene in the, in the yeah. entire movie. Uh, yeah, because the whole build up to it and everything, and like how long it takes him to crawl up, and then like sitting where he has to like lift his leg over to cross his legs, and he's just like, hey. Um, I think though as well that as as an illustration of the theme of the film and the idea of like being a um, how did it, how did it describe it again? Not, invalid. Um, invalid and Instead uh, of invalid. Yes, <laughs> that's not what I said. Did I say that? No, no, okay. I, I I said it. Oh, okay. Uh, being an invalid and like being ostracized from society and like the pain of being in in this kind of society, like I think it's much more clearly and successfully illustrated through his character than it is through Ethan Hawke's character because there's just it, it's too much of laying it on of like how oh, like um how disadvantaged um Ethan Hawke is and I just I, I... no but like I think that the, the interesting thing there is the fact that uh, Uma Thurman is a valid but she also has a heart condition so it's the it's not it's completely based on the tag that you have. Yeah. That it doesn't matter, like, because it didn't matter for her. Like, she can get in the program. It's just that she can't go to space. Well, they did but, say, though, because I was thinking about that, but they do say at some point that they, because of the incredibly high standards of people that you, that they let in to the building itself and to the, like, not to the actual program, but uh, that they have to let in a few people that are not quite... Yeah to that level so i assume that's how she got in yeah that she's never going to be good enough but that her iq is probably like above average or whatever but yeah. i lo- I really like as well that it's like the only cheating that ethan hawk does is to get in the building he, yeah th- he's doing the job the work himself. itself he's completely able for yeah and also like the 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 idea that like, they give him a, a death like a day, like a year, life expectancy when he's born, mm. and the movie begins like when he is in Gattaca. Is way past that. He's already, as well. yeah. He's like on borrowed time, uh, and also it does Elias Cotillas being the the dad always helps create some <laughs> hatred towards. But I, I think that it was interesting as well the 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 fact that his parents made the decision to have him outside and then when they realize what it actually meant yeah to have a kid like that they start uh a faith birth yeah they have a the then they have the the meeting and they get uh his brother out uh what was his name the the brother um, oh i don't remember vincent and what was the other guy called i can't remember the perfect brother yeah the uh, they almost hate Ethan Hawke's character because of the way that they feel that it's like their fault that Vincent is like exists at all. Yeah, and fucked us out. Uh, like bad eyesight, bad heart. Yeah, bad. it's like uh, what was it? They go like, oh, it's eighty-one percent chances of being bipolar as well. <laughs> yeah, <shit."> like. <laughs> well, I like actually just thinking there about um his character and the fact that he does the actual he has the ability he's just he's a he's a marked man or whatever it kind of made me think of um going back to the spielberg connections um it kind of made me think of in catch me if you can and how frank um or not frank um what's tom hanks's character called 
um, where he's like, how, how did you pass the uh, bar? Comp- composite. Like, yeah. <laughs> how did you pass the bar exam? You know, like, how did you cheat? And he's like, I didn't. I studied. Yeah. You know, it's like that. He, he, like, he's a, he's a complete con man. But in the end, there was all of his like intelligence and everything behind it. that He could have been a lawyer. Oh, yeah, in like another the, life, you know, that he, technically he was a lawyer. You know, it's... That kind of success in conning people it has to be based in a way in reality as well. Yeah. That you're able to do it. Yeah. Love that movie. Because otherwise you get like, oh yeah, Catch Me If You Can is like a very underrated movie, Nobody, I think. No one talks about that film. And we watched it again recently and it's still so great. It has, it has such a good such jazzy a, score. Oh my God, the soundtrack is so good. Uh, it no, has no, no, some no. of the best opening credits as yeah. well. Like that animation is, is beautiful. But um, um, yeah, so I think that, that that is an interesting thing of his character. And I think that the idea of him being on borrowed time gives it more urgency than than the the investigation does you know yeah. it's uh, yeah. love as well that they they go to space wearing like suit and ties i know yeah <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> oh the the just 50s aesthetic in this is just it's absolutely wonderful like re it's a it's this strange period piece yeah in a way but like you know one of the best period pieces that you're gonna see and like i just i love that the their the 50s vision of the future like it's so and it like the architecture is the best example of that. Like, it's just, it's really wonderful. But, um... Like, uh, the, the an, an issue I do have in the with the movie that, like, it's obviously a very uh, thinly veiled metaphor for racism for the movie. And considering <laughs> that, that there's no named black characters. Yeah, well, they have... I thought it was kind of interesting that they had the doctor... And how he's like, whenever they're then, you know, like, you know, manufacturing their second son, that's like, you know, he's giving them these are the optimal, you know, that you should be picking. And he's like, you know, oh, skin color, white, you know, that's it's kind of interesting that. Yeah. And even within not even in the background, like it's yeah. yeah. That it's not really like if it had been addressed like more openly than that, because obviously like if uh if you're genetically creating your your children or whatnot then you're white like you go like okay i want a white baby like if you're both white but mm. so when the two black parents are genetically altering do they also get a white kid in this universe or yeah they don't really fully that's they don't go the whole way down like i, I kind of think you're right about the idea of that the the script is not quite it's just it's not quite written you know yeah. what I mean? it's not quite it's like a draft or two yeah. away from what it could have been and you can see what it could have been because there really there are very good things in this and the underlying idea how they even um illustrate the idea of uh, of like the genetic engineering i think is really interesting and and how he actually pass himself off as dual law is quite interesting like the actual science behind that and everything like the the putting the tiny little things of of blood and everything is like so interesting like i really um um i really like that and the idea of like your body betraying you yeah like while you're while your mind is still completely solid like your body betraying you like it's oh so interesting and, like the the little hoover and everything he uses and like For the skin and yeah. like the the even like how they they shoot it as well because it's um it's very sci-fi, but it's quite, it's just very interesting. And um, like the, putting the hair on the comb and like all these little details. Yeah. So if they come in and to check on him, like it, it's very, that part of the film is really the attention to detail yeah. is there. Like, um, 
even on the on the level of uh, considering when how he washes himself to try to get yeah. every single bit of skin out, and then after <sighs> having sex with Uma Thurman, he starts panicking because it's like he's leaving traces. Yeah, he grabs like a rock in the the beach and starts like scratching himself i thought that that was like one of the better scenes mm. uh, but then it's like very hollywood uh i'm naked but i can't show you my dick kind of <laughs> yeah, like well positioning kind did you of really thing. think that was gonna happen in this movie no but like it's like shoot it differently because it's so awkward like yeah. he's fucking nearly breaking his back just so like his <laughs> dick is not it. a show like <laughs> just like make it like fucking shoot it from behind or yeah. or from like close close up from the waist up or something no you know it's like when when they have like those sex scenes that is like okay like i don't mind if they're like under the covers i don't need nudity all the time but like you're really going the extra mile it really needs to look in some way like actual sex because otherwise what is the point you know what i mean like it's the, it's the fades, you know, yeah. and like the like where you just keep like flaring in and out of things. You can't well, quite see. Well, at the same time, the sex scene in Top Gun that they look <laughs> like they're like it, it looks like there's a table in between the two of them because they're like. Um, what you don't think that looks realistic now? Oh no, it's amazing though. Like fucking fucking Berlin playing in the background. There's a pure <laughs> blue silhouettes. So it's like weird tongue kissing as well. It's like. That is something that we have lost, though, I find, in modern films. Like, is that, that, cheesy sex scenes. Well, cheesy sex scenes, but also, like, um, but then like, 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 like kisses where you can actually see spit. Yeah. Like, you really don't see that anymore. And I think that's kind of sad, really, you know? Like, well, I remember... Uh, we've gone well, back to the, like, you know, golden age of Hollywood type kisses. It's kind of upsetting. The film that has some of the, like, sloppiest kissing in it is, in fact, Little Women. Oh, um, <laughs> Christian Bale. Shout out to both my siblings. Um... <laughs> it's the movie we watch every Christmas but uh because he, he kisses Winona Ryder and I swear to god there is like a line of spittle it's quite possibly the most glorious thing and I'm pretty sure there was an article on Slate that specifically mentioned it yeah and it's it is wonderful but um going back to the movie they have a spittoon um, by the side of the- <laughs> <laughs> but just going back to Top Gun though <laughs> uh, the uh just the when they're kissing like Kelly McGillis, who's like a, a full foot taller than uh, Tom Cruise, and they're like supposedly having people. sex, and they're completely flat, like kissing, like so obviously it can't. They're not like, in the right place. No, like you fucking like Tom Cruise's dick would be like hitting her in the belly button or something. That's not how you have sex, no. Um. Not in this country. Um. Uh, yeah, one of the <clears throat> one of the things I actually really liked was um, the uh, the sign design because um, it, it has a, a very um, I don't even really know how to describe it. it's it's a very um, a very sci-fi but in a in a very Kubrickian way I think because it has that like heavy kind of oppressive tone if you know what I, mean. I don't I don't really know how to describe it like that everything feels very like enclosed and heavy and, and yeah and um it's it's really interesting in scenes where um like whenever he goes to the doctor and everything and it's just it it gives 
a sort of um i think it's it's then counteracted by the ridiculous hollywood score but um not that i hate the score it just doesn't work here but um but in scenes where like that first scene when he goes to the doctor is um kind of before you get i think it's before the narration kicks in it's very heavy very oppressive and it's really great like in that whole scene because at this point ethan hawk is just like you know is he a robot what is he you know you don't know and uh it's uh i really like the the intro to this actually before the narrator kicks in <laughs> i like it i like the narration i don't hate it i mean it's not it's fine I, it's very I just, cheesy but it's I, amazingly yeah, but cheesy I was, I was watching it it's not cheesy enough though i was watching it and like <clears throat> the scenes where kind of like the montage of them kind of like you know getting closer and you know like sort of working out the kinks of their system or whatever i was watching it as he was narrating it and i was thinking you don't you don't need to say any of these things yeah you know what i mean it's like it's not like he's narrating at that point his backstory he's just like describing what's on screen yeah and that is like the like why do you need that narration and i was looking at it going, i wonder what this movie would have been like without it entirely like no narration nothing like what what you know would it, would it have been a stronger film because you would have had to like you know just rely on the visuals rather than having him explain everything to you but um i don't know well, i need like, to I'm watch it take, again and like, i'm gonna take i need explanation oh for yeah, yeah 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 definitely <laughs> after the he crosses the road that they had the the sunrise and shit it's yeah. like the moment the really the amazing tagline of this movie comes to fruition there is no gene for the human spirit. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like... In its, look. in its better, uh, darker moments, um, it did It kind of call back a little bit to, to Snowpiercer and how in the end it's like the human ingenuity is like the thing that you cannot you know, yeah. crush no matter what and blah, blah, blah. Uh, obviously, better handle than Snowpiercer. But um, and like that, that is an interesting idea. Like The idea is there. It's just not... <laughs> Ah, oh, but like I love it how cheesy it it's is. It's just, and it's just, it's there's a smoked ham situation. And I love how like uh, fucking like I, you can tell by the <laughs> filmmaking time. and also considering that the writer is the director of this movie that he was so fucking proud of the line oh. of the line. Oh, uh, 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 I never, uh, I never left anything for the swim back. He fucking loved that line. Like, I can imagine him going, like, having a glass of brandy after he, <laughs> he wrote that line. It's like, I'm fucking good, aren't I? Just go, like, fucking. Because it's just so, like, it's like one of those moments in the movie that, like, somebody, like, put the button on the it, scene, oh, you know, like. That, that was a darling that really could have been killed, but, you know. No, I love it, because, especially because it could have been hidden somewhere. Cheese. It could have, no, like, it's the 90s, like, why the fuck, like. No, I do not, I'm sorry, saying it's the 90s is not the same as saying it's the 80s. It's not the same thing. This is also 1997. Okay. So, I mean, come on now. Yeah, but this is, like, <clears throat> pre-Matrix kind of. I know, like, I know, I know. That's actually a good point. I forgot that, uh, the kind of the, the fact that yeah this is like two or three three like two a year before? it came out a year yeah. before well two years matrix 1999 yeah another I, movie that is the dawn of a new millennium <laughs> no fucking matrix is a, the first one is a perfect movie i think like it was it's one of perfect. the mm. i like the matrix but uh it's uh all, even for its rage against the machine soundtrack alone see they knew what they were doing with their soundtrack but going back to the writer director this does reek of like it's its own self-importance yeah. at, at points or not even its own it's not even importance but yeah no self-importance just the idea of like this idea and like you know what am i really saying here it's just like a student and... <laughs> 
and it reeks a little with the big budget and it reeks of like uh first film yes 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 yes, first film syndrome and this is the disappointing thing about andrew nico because it's like this is such an interesting film like however flawed it is that he never went on to do anything else of this this risk let's say or like even like if we're talking about like a a gamble that it comes like a narrative gamble not necessarily like a big budget risk mm. you know uh, but yeah I, I do love how cheesy it is i think it's also an interesting period when it came out because it's like a year after dolly the the sheep so like uh, like genetics oh, yeah. were like really like Topical. in the in the public sphere and what we were going to be using that technology for yeah and what is it going to lead to yeah it's the thing of like <clears throat> what what well, the like the a lot of the time is fucking the Jurassic Park thing that is like oh, your scientists were so busy. Never thought about should. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's interesting. I think because obviously this is like twenty years ago, but um, it's interesting kind of thinking about when he. Oh was, Jesus! It's twenty years yes, ago. Oh my thinking god. Thinking about when he was writing this and <clears throat> like at the time of the whole dolly sheep thing and everything and how how topical this was of what they would have thought we were, where we would be in 2017. You know what yeah. I mean? Like how far we would have gone. And, President you know, Trump. Well, <laughs> put it, taking that aside, but like even scientifically and like, you know, even 10 years ago, like the things that we think we're going to get to. You yeah. know what I mean? Even people are like creating sci-fi, sci-fi in the 80s or everything. And like, you think we're going to have hover cars or whatever. And it's like, where we actually are. And like, it's, it's still, it it's like the debate. Where, where things go that you don't expect. Oh, you, de- oh yeah, definitely. Go, like, but it's oh, just I, interesting I, to think of what they would have thought, you know? That they would never have thought of like, like even in fucking Mobile movies technology. like 2001 or whatever yeah. that they go like oh yeah this is amazing or whatever and they never they, they would think it would be too unrealistic to do what we have nowadays yeah even in uh that's why whenever you see something you know like even something like the truman show or whatever that or you know like that manages to kind of accurately predict predict not just like a technological thing yeah. but like a, a very like societal idea of like the, the reality television thing or whatever and uh, whenever something really nails something very early and you're like whoa <laughs> very interesting yeah Truman Show is one of the best films of the 90s I always so felt and I like, absolutely mm. love Jim Carrey in that movie yeah <laughs> the question that I have is that knowing that this is like first time kind of director kind of the errors that will happen with that or like the the pitfalls that mm. this film does fall that are fairly common for first time directors uh, if you could pick any director at any point in history, who would you pick to direct this movie? Ooh, interesting. It's funny, I thought about Ex Machina a lot. And because that was obviously his, Alex Garland's debut as well. And obviously he was a screenwriter and has written yeah. sci-fi before. Like he was a novelist as well. Uh, yeah, well, did he write Sunshine? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so he wrote Sunshine. He wrote um He wrote the novel of the days beach. later. Yeah, which is over there. <laughs> um but uh and so it it's not it's not completely fair comparison, but and I think that X Machina is not perfect, but in also it, they're comparable I think um in the way that um he tackled something that is as relevant to us now as that would have been back in 1997 yeah. with the idea of like um like the autonomy of of, of um ai and everything and um and uh <laughs> where that's gonna lead us but um i think it would have been interesting to see what 
someone like that would have done with it. Like, I can, I mean, obviously you could take someone you know, significantly more accomplished to tackle this idea. Uh, like, you know, in the Children of Men type scenario. But I don't know. I, I, I always have a sort of a soft spot for debut movies at the same time. And like seeing what another fledgling director would have done with yeah. this idea and how they would have developed i mean okay obviously terry gilliam taking this on you know like what would that look like that would have been great but you know i don't know what about you probably like david fincher like mm. the coldness that is necessary i did think of fincher also... a little bit um um but I think that it's also a cop on answer because it's a very yeah. finchery kind of already. Not entirely though. Like I think Fincher tackling well, obviously he did Alien Three, but wasn't really kind. Um, tackling well, he does though because that was his first movie. I wonder what young Fincher would have done with this. You know, because this is around... Like Alien... If Fincher had done this instead of Alien 3. Yeah, because this is the same... Around the same time as... um, Alien 3. Yeah, and like, yeah, like before 7. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Airdy Fincher. Because I think him doing something like that now... Although, going back to sci-fi would be interesting now, much as I love the serial killers. Um, (laughs) And the murder in general, it's obviously great. But, you know, it would be interesting to see him tackle... A different, a very different genre, but also in the way that this does taking in other genres, like you know, oh, he, re- oh god, imagine what he would have done with the whole like investigation and, and the very, the very much sticking to that same fifties inflected world. I think that could have been very interesting. And then the other director that I would pay would have loved to to see this movie, but like this is really like would never have happened. But I would love to have seen this movie directed by Eka Kurosmaki. Like a deadpan, like fucked up comedy. Oh like imagine the investigation, like oh it would just like Interesting. Yeah, I'd I'd go for that. Like I want Eka like I would the, go for that. When that happened in my that thought came into my head like the other day. I was like, I want Eka Kurosmaki to make a sci fi movie. That is my dream. I want him like I'll fucking Do you not say something? About him possibly doing a space thing or something. I like, I fucking hope so. You or somebody else is talking about that, that he was going to do a movie set in space. Or that he says it or something is like a kind of a joke, but it was like, oh my God, do that. Oh yeah, like fucking Barbarella too. (laughs) Like, oh my God, yeah. I like, I like this uh, alternative history thing. It's kind of interesting. And I think that it's, it's not, it's not as a massive insult to the film because it's not it's like it's it's really quite competently handled at the same time like there are some really strong elements in this um and uh comparing him to other directors is obviously a compliment so don't want to not deckle too much yeah like that we were saying that it's like it's disappointing he that he didn't go through this. the same like that the, this vein yeah, his uh, filmmaking didn't keep going mm. that like if he was making this as his first movie and you compare it to other, like even Scorsese's first movie. And yeah. Fucking, like, Alien 3. Yeah. But Alien 3 is more like a fucking studio. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Like, don't compare it to 7. It probably would be like fucked up. It wouldn't have been like as good as other Fincher, but also the, the fact that he, it wasn't really his movie. No, they like, should really um, take it off him. That wasn't Weinstein, was it? No. No, it was Fox or something mm. else. But it's because he was... Like a music video director at the time, good mm. old George Michael. 
<laughs> and Madonna as well. He did Vogue, I think. He did loads of them in the 90s and 80s and 90s. And <clears throat> uh, but yeah, like, I, I think that... Uh, such a handsome man. But even... Um, Like, watching it made me feel, like, incredibly depressed to the thought that these movies are not being made anymore. Yeah. Like... I totally got that as well. Like, there's such a beauty to, like, the mid-budget, like, film about ideas and star power and everything. It made me think of Spielberg so much, like, which is such a compliment. It does have quite a lot of Close Encounter and the Third Mm. Kind kind of vibe, that, which is one of the films that you haven't seen. Uh, uh, by the way even though I already tweeted that fucking what a travesty somebody ever they with cinema sins and everything wrong with E.T. yeah but like did did minutes. they keep taking sins off because I quite enjoy whenever they do that because they did that with um they did seven actually recently and they just kept going like you know because obviously like the whole thing is a pistic so the whole idea of like you know them not taking sins off for just asshole things or whatever but then they would have to keep taking them back off because they were like damn it this is such a good movie did if they kept doing that then i don't know i, I kind of enjoy cinema sins as a just a silly exercise yeah. like it's their and the fact that they're still making them and have still such a following is kind of impressive no but my point is that like uh, it's perfect 12 minutes never to, yeah oh it was 12 minutes yeah 12 Ooh. minutes of error oh that's harsh it, it should be 30 seconds and it should just be the repetition they're very rarely under 10 minutes though it's perfect (laughs) it's perfect like et is a perfect movie i don't give a fuck what anybody like for what it is it's perfect what else do you need i cry like a baby like that's the thing uh, coming back to this movie is that i feel like what was missing is that i didn't cry when should law died and that i think that that's a I felt nothing because it's giving you like it's mm. making you think that you should be crying but, but you you're don't not feel it. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. kind of like and then you're just like huh? yeah it's not it's not good and then i was confused for a bit going like is he like uh, <laughs> underneath is, is the space shuttle coming oh, yeah, from that, underneath that weird kind of little kind of match cut thing going on there. yeah <laughs> because like the engines go on at the same time as the oven goes yeah. on and i was like which is really quite a fucked up cut like when you think about it. so it's like why the fuck does he have that oven anyways in the gaff I don't know to destroy samples. I have no idea. I just I I really love that apartment like weird thing with its like half apartment half lab. Like everything is yeah. gray, weird lighting. Like it's really marvelous, but in the same time, still tinged with the like the staircase and everything is so sixties. It's oh, it's really wonderful. So it is what you said uh, about like that. This is one of those nearly movies that mm. frustrates me to no end as well. <laughs> It's a bit further back on the nearly, but I yes, yeah, definitely. Well, like it's there. Yeah, like it's on everything the is there. <laughs> like it's it's nearly. It's it's the kind of thing that is like one big decision, like like you said, no. like one draft away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one draft away, but there are multiple things that needed to be changed, but just changed slightly. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. They're like it's the twenty minutes. Like twenty minutes extra mm. in this movie would have been wonderful, especially like it's even not very to develop. Long. It's, like it's, not a... it's an hour forty-seven minutes no, or something. They could have put it in there, like definitely. Especially like with the amount of time, it, like with sci-fi movies that it takes to create the world and then yeah. create the environment or whatever. Like half an hour of that movie, like half an hour of any sci-fi movie is already gone for. Like if you're doing it well, you're not realizing that you're That's being set happening. up, yeah. kind of thing, but. 
like you have to do it like even in something like close encounters or something yeah you, you have to have or jaws or something like anything well, that you're creating any this environment movie, really even, even if it's not a, a genre piece like that you still have to create the the place where no the because story you have like place. like fear and loathing in las vegas <clears> or something <throat> that you're just dropped into the movie like even blade runner they don't like you have the text music and it's like okay mm. you're you're on yeah, your but own that movie takes its time anyway so yeah. you're in that environment for yeah, a very but, long time yeah but none of it is to describe like to try to create the world in itself you know mm. like uh, everything is like it serves a double purpose almost uh, like uh, you know there's no expository like to a fault almost have you seen la plays itself yes oh, I love that movie. the I just, bradbury building that whole section though on um on the like this strange vision of LA and how like um there's no traffic and everything like, all the tra- everything like the weird like where they saw LA going it's just so interesting I love to that documentary so much but um it's like uh, in LA Confidential when they're like uh, building the, the motorway gets, gets to the little, ocean kind oh, of thing oh the freeway yeah. yeah yeah so interesting so uh we should move on to favorite things and yes. uh, least favorite things what's your favorite thing at this movie it's a tie between Jude Law and the world creation itself because it's just oh some of the buildings and this is just disgracefully nice, um, and uh, and it, it it feels real. It it's not surface either. It feels very in depth, um, and then obviously just Jude Law is great and he you you really like believe in his sort of like struggle or whatever you know he really sells it with just the right amount of like pity but snark at the same time you know like i just i really like him in this he's great uh what was your favorite thing yeah you can tell that he's uh uh he really portrays the entitlement in ah, his yes, position yes, yes. quite well it's funny actually just you saying that made me think of something um claire actually hi claire um was i can't remember she, I think she was referring to an article about um uh, the talented Mr. Ripley and how the role of like the roles should have been reversed where Matt Damon should have been the friend no um, no there's mm, no yeah, way there yeah, should be yeah but I 100% think that's true I it would like no, I want to see that movie no it shouldn't because like it's perfect because Matt Damon is, like if you watch mm. like uh, uh, I love of, that movie but no like the, <clears throat> I want to see the other version the, have you seen uh, the the Vin Vendors version of it no American friend, uh, 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 my American friend, I think it's called, or the American friend, uh, the the Matt Damon character is played by I Dennis Hopper, which is amazing. Okay, well that's interesting. <laughs> but uh, anyways, Jude Law's great. Uh, my favorite thing is uh, probably the cheddar in this movie. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Yes, quite a quite a generous grating. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they, they they didn't skip. <laughs> it's like uh, it's not a fat free movie. Almost enough for like a fondue party. Fondue. And uh, what was your least favorite part of the movie? Um, just all the little things together that stopped it from being great. You know, because it's got it's very it's competent, but it could have been great. It's very upset. My my least favorite thing in the in the movie is possibly the the fact that it supposedly is a plot twist that Vincent's brother is investigating Anton. Ah, there you the go. Anton is investigating him. Yeah, uh, that was. 
it's kind of like really weird when he's like screaming down the alleyway <laughs> that is like Vincent <laughs> like it just needed rain and like the camera to be like on top of him like, him like, on his knees him. like <laughs> oh. <laughs> dolly down like, like, that, that's what we need well like I like the scene when uh, at the same time I did like the scene when he goes up afterwards to confront him going like oh he'll never go and he was like asking about him uh, about the detective how was the detective that mm. came to talk to you and that uh, he goes and finds him in the in the room or whatever and he, that he realizes that Anton is not pissed off with Ethan Hawke for breaking the law it's because he was able to make it further than he ever did yeah, yeah. and it's this kind Beyond of like his potential and it's the thing of like the really clever allegory for allegory for fuck's sake uh for for racism and it's the disappointment uh like especially the LA and everything else that uh, it's a disappointment that it's completely skimped over by casting yeah you know? like obviously like something like if vincent is white jerome couldn't be yeah i know black, but but like um there could have been another character that yeah. was like even like the invest or the other investigator or something but at the same time it was the <clears throat> 90s so like if you're not Denzel well, Washington or Morgan Freeman you don't get a role yeah and I mean like even like the the fact that this is supposed to be like the future but that there's there's someone said something to even Thurman at one point that's like just that kind of like snide little slightly sexist comment that would totally have flown in the 90s but probably wouldn't now yeah. you know what I mean and I was just like oh <laughs> Oh, her outfits <clears throat> are amazing as well. Yeah, it? that's true. She just has a very good look. Like that club that they go to is fantastic. Yeah, like a it, but seeing that or something like a David Lynch movie. Yeah, or a little just slightly heightened or something. It's like waiting for fucking your one to start singing, uh, crying <laughs> in Spanish, and it just melts into Mulholland Drive. Oh God. But David Lynch's version of this would have looked like. Oh my god, that is what I want. <laughs> I was surprised neither one of us went for that. Um, like, it'd be like uh, just thinking about that. Like, it'd be an interesting concept uh, if I ever was a studio head hmm. to get a screenplay that is about ideas like this and make three versions of it with three prominent directors and give them like a good amount of budget and just see how different they are what you get yeah yeah like that they have free freedom to cast do whatever they want for <laughs> like production design or whatever I suppose it's like you know adaptations of um of really big books or whatever like or shakespeare or you know there's always yeah. going to be multiple multiple versions but i suppose picking the exact same story and in the, at the same time as well like so it's this they have the same materials kind of yeah yeah yeah. Right. And that was uh, Gattaca. 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 Uh, where can they find us, Orla? They can find us. Oh, yes. Us. I thought that I, like a. Gattaca. Gattaca. like a dark day afternoon, baby. Uh, they can find us on Facebook at <laughs> The Recommendation Game. You can find us on Twitter at The Rec Game. You can email us at The Recommendation Game at gmail.com. You can also find us on Dublin Digital Radio's Mixcloud um, on their website and on Dublin Digital Radio at 11 to 12 on Mondays. You can also donate to their Patreon on their website. Independent Radio! What's next week's film? Uh, it's my pick and it is This Is Not A Film. <laughs> this is not a film. Okay. 
Jafar Panani. Uh, so uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank I- you for the pick. It was interesting. I liked it. Oh yeah, like uh, I like I said, uh, like I wouldn't gonna back away. I I, I would think that it was gonna be flawed mm. when I was watching. But I was like hoping that it would be an absolute car wreck. No, it wasn't. But, like it just, you know. Yeah, like it's a uh, middling movies is uh, like is when I pick a, a darling. Really, that's <laughs> when uh, your <laughs> hatred comes out. Not always. Anyways, I was Orna Mokinas. And I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week.